It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Thursday, January 11th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Man, I did not really see this loss coming. You know, trap games are are something that I don't really necessarily believe in. Um, especially for a team that's as disciplined as the Warriors. But the Warriors haven't been disciplined lately, especially on the defensive end. And this was just a defensive collapse from top to bottom. Straight up, Lou Williams got 50. So not only was Stephen Curry missed, but they really missed Klay Thompson's on-ball defense. I mean, try as he might, Nick Young is never going to be able to replicate that. And it just looked like the rest of the team on uh, the wings was just a little bit listless, a little bit, it just was not a good defensive game at all. We are going to talk about all that and more in the first segment. In the second segment, it's Throwback Thursday. I'm going to take you back in time to 2012, the Monte Ellis trade and the infamous Boo Gate, where Joe Lacob got booed at Oracle Arena trying to make an address on Chris Mullins' jersey retirement night. I have a lot of thoughts about that, and I'm going to share them with you in the second segment. In the third segment... We're going to look ahead to this five-game roadie, really tough roadie, four tough opponents, and Chicago, who's playing very well right now. So uh, it was important for the Warriors to get that win last night uh, going into this tough, tough road trip where they're going to be east and then southwest and just flying all over the place. People aren't healthy. People are banged up. The postmortem on this game is just brutal. But before we get to that, got to do a little self-promotion. You can find my media on Forbes.com. I've also been a writer for BleacherReport.com in the past. You can search my old stuff there. I produce this podcast every day from my home. I appreciate my listeners. You can go to LockedOnWarriors.com and make sure you bookmark that page. You can also find us on Facebook at LockedOnWarriors. And make sure you check out LockedOnNBANet on Facebook as well. The LockedOnNBA podcast network is very extensive you every single team plus the locked on nba pod which is helmed by david Locke, and he does a great job with that every single day so check it out if you want to get in contact with me you can hit me up on twitter at koji tare k-o-g-i-t-a-r-e uh also via email at aliko carter 11 at gmail.com i realize some people don't know how to spell my name but it's spelled out uh in a lot of different places associated with the locked on warriors podcast so i never bothered to spell it for people but if you need it that's a-l-i-k-o carter 11 at gmail.com look forward to hearing from you all right instead of being petty And starting with the Warriors, I'm going to start with Lou Williams because he had the game of his life, career-high 50 points, and 
even though the Warriors' defense wasn't very good, a lot of the shots, the degree of difficulty on the shots that Lou Williams was making was very high. Uh, he was knocking down three-pointers with hands in his face. He uh, drove to the lane a bunch of times and was able to finish in traffic. And all in all, he shot 16 of 27, 59%, and a cool 8 of 16 from the field to go along with a perfect 10 of 10 from the line. Two rebounds, seven assists to boot, and uh, four turnovers, which is, you know, not great. Probably contributed to his plus eight would have been higher without those turnovers. 50 points. Kudos to, 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 to Lou Williams. And his offensive rating was a 148 in this game. Tyrone Wallace's offensive rating was 164. So we that we can chalk up to us, the Warriors, not playing defense. But Lou Williams really, really, without, you know, the the way that he was able to take over the game, particularly in the third quarter, scoring 27 points, and then continuing that dominance into the fourth, coupled with the Warriors' poor defense, you know, they got themselves into that situation, allowing other people to get going. People like Tyrone Wallace, people like Jawan Evans, people like C.J. Williams, Montrez Harrell. They actually had five players in double figures, so... It wasn't just Lou Williams, but he did what he's been doing all year for the um, for the Clippers. He just did it better last night. He scored the, scored the ball. On the other side, the Warriors had their own scorer, Mr. Kevin Durant, who played 31 minutes and scored 40 points in those minutes. He was on a limit a minutes uh, limit because of that calf injury he's dealing with, so he was only going to play 32 minutes anyway which kind of sucks because he was teasing us with the kind of game where you thought he might have 50, 60, maybe. Uh, In the first half, he scored 25 points. And on the final basket of the quarter, he scored his 20,000th point of his career. There was an extended standing ovation. It was a beautiful moment. I enjoyed it. But uh, it's funny, actually. Lou Williams took the game ball. And I was wondering, wait, you know... Maybe Kevin Durant would want his 20,000th point game ball. But then I thought it came in a loss. So good riddance, right? But Durant was 14 of 18. He was 6 of 7 from 3, 6 of 8 from the line. Only 4 rebounds, 4 assists. They didn't rebound the ball particularly well. Uh, 32 rebounds total to the Clippers. 46. Dangerously out-rebounded. Dangerously out-rebounded. Only 26 assists for the game. Uh, Durant had five turnovers, uh, which is not great. But it wasn't just rebounding. Defensively, the Warriors stunk in a lot of ways. Their transition defense was especially bad. They allowed people to sneak out ahead of them uh, in transition and get easy baskets a bunch of times, sometimes on live ball turnovers. Uh, They didn't run people off the line. Uh, Contests were lazy looking. I think specifically... Andre looks a little tired on the defensive end. He's been playing a lot of minutes. Uh, And Nick Young is no Klay Thompson, obviously. Uh, But even so, the tide didn't change until midway through the third quarter when Lou Williams really went on his tear. And he was scoring against everybody who was in front of him. All the switches, it didn't matter. He was scoring inside and outside. And uh, it led to another lost Warrior home game. The Warriors are intriguingly a much better team on the road than they are at home this year. Uh, They've lost six games at home to only three on the road. 
six games at home. That that just is unfathomable to me to be to have only be halfway through the season and have lost already six games on the road on pace to lose you know more than ten games uh, at home. That is, uh, it's not characteristic of the Warriors at all. But like I mentioned earlier, this was a trap game. The Warriors didn't have Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. That's 45 points that you're just not going to get back. 48 points, I think, that you're just not going to get back. Probably more than that with the way Steph was playing over the last few games. But you would hope that Kevin Durant would be the difference maker, and he almost was. He almost was. But you also need Draymond Green to be better than a minus 16. He was one of nine, zero of six from three. And when the three-pointer's not falling, man, you got you to gotta find another way. And he, he tried, five of six from the line. He had 10 rebounds, only four assists, no turnovers. So he just wasn't really a factor. It wasn't even necessarily that he played poorly. It's just like, where is Draymond? Where is Draymond? And uh, so that ended up with a minus 16 for him, which isn't, wasn't even the worst on the team. Pat McCaw paid, played 24 and a half minutes and was a minus 20. Andre was a minus 17. Nick Young was a minus 13. Zhao was a minus 10. And David West was a minus 12. So the only guys who really contributed good minutes, or the only guy who was a plus on his time on the floor was Jordan Bell. But the Warriors definitely need more from Draymond. They absolutely need more from Draymond. He needs to be more assertive. Uh, it, is, uh, it reminds me of a moment back in early December or maybe late November where he was like a minus 12 and he said he wasn't being aggressive enough. And I think that's, that's the key here. He just needs to be more aggressive. That means not settling for three pointers. That means directing the offense in a way that leads to results that, you know, leads to the kind of clever slights of hand that Draymond is known for the lobs, the, um, the rim runs, pushing the ball up, and generally just keeping the defense on its toes. Didn't really feel like the Warriors made the Clippers stay on their toes unless the ball was in Kevin Durant's hand. And it was a lot of one-on-one with Kevin Durant. It was a lot of on the block, clear out, et cetera, et cetera. Not that he can't do that, but that really, it didn't stagnate the offense, but there wasn't a lot of contributions from other players. And part of the reason for that was that the offense was stagnant. Zaza Pachulia was the only player to get double figures besides Kevin Durant. So this definitely goes down as one of the worst Warrior games of the season. Hopefully the Warriors will be able to right the ship and Steph Curry will be able to return on Friday in Milwaukee. Should be a great game. And Klay Thompson obviously coming back from that rest. Let's bury this game deep, deep in our memory banks and look forward. We're going to, well, going to take you back in time first. But then we're going to look at this road trip coming up in the third segment. But first, I want to talk to you about my bookie. It's the NFL playoffs. They're finally here. And I want to tell you about mybookie.ag, the number one rated online sports book. With your fantasy football season over, the only way to use your sports knowledge to win cash is by betting at my bookie, the sports book that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They have odds on everything, live betting and an all new prop builder. Create your own bet slips. Bet how you want. You can bet your friends LeBron will score 30 plus and have 10 plus assists. Why not bet it at my bookie and put your money where your mouth is? Bet from your desktop, tablet, or on their world class mobile site that lets you bet anytime, anywhere. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. 
Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA when making your account. Visit mybookie.ag today and bet on the internet's favorite sports book. You play, you win, you get paid. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Trend Micro. At CDW, we get that patched together security can leave gaps in protection. I patch things together all the time, like this broken desk chair. Some duct tape, good as new. Orchestrated by CDW, Trend Micro Cloud One provides unified protection and better visibility across cloud services. It's all in one cloud security that can hold its own. Okay. Want to buy some gently used office furniture? No, thanks. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash trend micro. All right, we're going to go back in time to the 2011-2012 lockout season. Mark Jackson's first year <clears throat> with the Golden State Warriors and also Clay Thompson's rookie year. Uh, the most famous thing that happened that year for the Warriors besides Stephen Curry uh, being shut down for the season due to ankle injuries was the Warriors trading Monte Ellis along with Ekpe Udo and Kwame Brown to the Milwaukee Bucks for an injured Andrew Bogut along with the return of Steven Jackson who never did suit up with the Warriors again. Now back on February 29th, 2012, I was working for Bleacher Report and I occasionally wrote about the Warriors. I wrote a piece called Breaking Down the Results of a Losing Culture in the Bay Area. Uh, and Obviously, this was when the team had Monte along with Steph Curry. David Lee had just come to the team that year. Darrell Wright was knocking down three-pointers and Andres Biedrens was still playing for the Warriors. And in this piece, I advocated for the Dubs to address the Monte Ellis situation uh, because there was no way he was going to be able to play good basketball next to Stephen Curry and the team was going to win games. He had declared himself the Warriors' number one leader and closer, relegating Curry and Lee to secondary roles, but the team was never going to be able to win with a six foot three, 180-pound shooting guard as the floor leader. I thought at the time, and he was scoring 24 points a game at this time, he was definitely, uh, I thought he had been snubbed for the All-Star in the past, and I, I think that he deserved at least one All-Star to his name, but the Warriors weren't winning games despite how great he was. I thought he could be a number two option on a good team, but never a number one, and I felt like Stephen Curry was always, always, always gonna, gonna blossom. You know, I never expected him to make 400 three-pointers, but I thought that he had the chance to break the three-point record, which he did multiple times. Uh, and he was, was not close to his ceiling, and there was no way he was going to reach his ceiling playing next to Monte Ellis. Uh, Curry had a, a tendency to defer to Ellis, letting Monte take over in the fourth quarter rather than being assertive. And he was non-existent in crutch time which is unfortunate because his defense was not very good at the time and did, his lack of offensive production didn't really help that. So why was he on the floor in the first place? But with Steph running the show, everybody was getting involved. There's less standing and watching. And that changes the way a team plays basketball. So I advocated for them to trade Monte Ellis for a big man 
preferably. Insert Clay into the starting lineup because of his size and his ability to shoot the ball. And it would help make up for Darrell Wright's drop-off in production. The year before that, Darrell Wright hit more three-pointers than anybody in the NBA. But he couldn't sustain that for more than one year. Well, Larry Riley, Bob Myers, and Joe Lacob had the same idea. They traded Monte Ellis, got Andrew Bogut, shut down Curry for the year, and allowed Clay to get starters minutes in a losing campaign. And then hit the reset button in the summertime. But before that happened, Joe Lacob just had to say something to the crowd. People think he got booed because he traded fan favorite Monte Ellis. They always chirp that refrain every single time the national media talks about it. Oh yeah, you remember when he got booed? Yeah, they had just traded Monte Ellis, fan favorite, blah, blah, blah. That was not why he was booed. He was booed because he was openly courting San Francisco and had clearly no desire to stay in Oakland. He was booed because he never tried to connect to Oakland fans after he bought the team, to East Bay fans after he bought the team. He was booed because the team was bad and he had promised a winner. And then on top of that, he made an inexplicable move to some, trading for an injured person who may or may not have had microfracture surgery on his, on his foot. So I think it was a tornado of things. It wasn't just one thing. Uh, but I think a lot of people in Oakland definitely felt like there was an air of elitism attached to Joe Lacob. I definitely felt that way. And I remember watching the game on television and feeling like the energy in the arena during the Jersey retirement celebration of Chris Mullen. It was palpable. And Joe Lacob didn't have to say anything. He could have just stood there, but he wanted to address the crowd as the owner. And he couldn't sense what I was sensing, which is that they didn't want to hear from him at all. The team was bad and they were celebrating better times, Chris Mullen times. And then he got snippy and then Rick Barry got snippy and it just got worse. But I thought it was so uncouth for the, for the, for the fans to boo. I hadn't passed judgment on Lacob yet, but the frustration of the season of one playoff appearance in 17 years really bubbled over. And in the minds of Warrior fans, Joe Lacob hadn't done anything yet. There were no results yet. So what are you doing talking to us? But on top of that, Warriors fans were smart. You know, I don't think they were that angry that they traded Monte because uh, there was an understanding that the backcourt wasn't going to work and one of the guys had to go. Steph was cheaper. Steph had a higher upside. And I think a lot of Golden State fans are smart. They understood that. It was specifically trading Monte, a fan favorite, for an injured player and mortgaging the season. I think that was the big, the big deal about it. It wasn't, oh, Monte, oh, Monte. It's like, you know, Monte had some good years. People get traded and Steph is better. But the way they went about it, plus the perceived elitism and dismissal of Oakland as the home of the Golden State Warriors, I think really fueled the booze. And the only media personality at the time or a little later that actually laid it out like that was Matt Steinmetz. And I was really happy to hear that from him. Um, he's been around the block. He's been around the Warriors for a long time. And he understood what I understand, which is that the people who were filling the, the arena then were from the East Bay, mostly. And that East Bay residents already had a chip on their shoulders. Joe Lacob came in as a foreigner, as a VC guy, as a Silicon Valley guy with no interest in the East Bay whatsoever. And it was clear, it was palpable. 
was elitism, maybe even a little bit of disdain. Um, at least that's what was perceived. And I could see why he was booed. But the times, they have a change. Two championships later, and Joe Lacob is one of the most beloved characters in the Bay Area. Uh, you know, still perceived as an elitist, but an elitist who wins. And don't we love winning? And speaking of winning, if you want to win sales for your product lines directed towards men between the ages of 18 and 44, look no further than the Locked On Warriors podcast. Locked On Warriors is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the the ages of 18 and 44. So if that's your target demographic, get at me. Our rates are reasonable. You can email me at alikocarter11 at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-K-O Carter11 at gmail.com. For all the details, become a sponsor of Locked On Warriors today. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. All right, just time for a quick preview of this road trip that the Warriors are embarking on today. They play on ESPN tomorrow against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks have been playing 500 basketball since December. They've been up and down. They last won against the Orlando Magic on Wednesday. They have the league's 25th ranked defense, but they also have Giannis. And Giannis is playing out of his mind and it definitely is a fringe MVP candidate this year. But the Bucks are only 22 and 18. They're much better at home than they are on the road, however, and uh, it should be a tough test. Then it's on to Toronto. The Raptors have only lost two games at home, one of which came a couple of days ago. So they're going to be smarting from that and ready to take on the Warriors. They're not afraid of the Warriors. They play the Warriors strong. In previous years, the Warriors have come back from big uh, deficits against the Raptors, and those are going to those I'm sure left a bad taste in the Raptors' mouth. Um, and the Warriors have shown themselves that they can be beaten. Um, So they're going to have to bring their A game. They're going to have to play better defense and stop specifically DeMar DeRozan, who's having a career season. Then on Martin Luther King Day, it's the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are floundering a bit, uh, trying to integrate IT into their whole game. And this will be a new test uh, because the Warriors haven't faced IT before. So they're going to have to be locked in defensively. They're going to have to watch the limited tape there is of IT watch tape of IT last year because he will decimate a defense that is on its heels and the Warriors defense needs to be on its toes. Then it's the Bulls who just got a big win over the Knicks last night in New York. Double overtime. Great game to watch. 
Um, I hope y'all all got to see it or at least see the highlights. Lowry Markkinen made eight three-pointers. Former Warrior Justin Holiday was very good. And that team is playing above his pay grade right now. So it's going to be a really uh, important matchup for the Warriors. And then they finished the trip in Houston uh, where James Harden may, may return. By the 20th, Saturday the 20th of January, there's three, there's uh, two days, full two days of rest between the Bulls matchup on Wednesday and the Rockets on Saturday. So they'll be able to be rested up and be ready for that very important clash. That's my pod for the day. Make sure you join me tomorrow and my guest and roommate, Miles Johnson, where we'll be previewing the game against the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to go down the Reddit hole in the second segment, which is always fun, and then we're going to go around the NBA in the third segment. I hope you all have a fantastic afternoon and evening, and stay thoughtful, Hoopsheads. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowle. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.